episode 45 with Todd Jashan on the Nine Point Start the Dream podcast. Welcome to Nine Point Started with a Dream podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host as always, Jacoby Gillum. This episode features my dude, Todd Deshaun. Great episode here, great story with him. We go through his journey from the days of just finding football to this life after that we are all trying to figure out. So, great story here with his, with his journey. And I will say, just for anyone listening, just to maybe not follow our path, you know, but maybe listen to how, how we did our path and kind of learn from our, learn from our lessons and such. Because, because maybe you can avoid those same struggles, you know, that, that, that leaving a job, find another job, just to keep the whole seesaw mentality, whatever. So, enjoy this episode here. Listen to Todd's journey. If you need someone to talk to, He's, he's the guy you want to talk to about this life after stuff. Cool guy. Hope you enjoyed the episode and let's get to it. Todd, the question that everybody comes on is when you're younger as an athlete, what was one of your bigger dreams the goals you wanted to achieve? Man, my biggest goal, of course, just like anyone else, was um, going to the NFL. But that didn't happen later. My initial goal was I just wanted to get a scholarship. And um, I think that was actually on my radar once I started playing high school ball because – freshman year my school upland high school shout out to upland high we had a uh, a tradition where all the best freshmen would get brought up to varsity at the end of the year once the varsity team made the playoffs and so i was one of the players that got brought up and once i was on varsity which you know i continued to play sophomore year i got a lot of playing time on soft, uh, my sophomore season but um once that happened my goal was to get a scholarship because i saw you know the guys on varsity getting picked up by teams and I didn't really know anything about the recruiting process itself. I just thought, like, it would be, like, out of a Disney movie or something. Like, you have a good game, and then a coach from USC or something comes up to your parents at the end of the game and, you know, shakes hands and is like, hey, we want to give your son a scholarship. So, but I always had this vision of that happening to me. So, before NFL, it was definitely just wanting to get a scholarship, man. Just, you know, everything that comes with that. That, that whole, you know, the whole school watch me sign on your letter of intent, the whole attention, just that whole, like, being the man type stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Just that whole feeling that comes along with it, you know? Definitely. So, 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 why, so why did you, I guess, choose football over any other sport? Um, I honestly fell in love with the game at an early age, man. I, I had played basketball. And, you know, I was pretty good at it. I started, I played basketball when I was like five, played for a couple of years. And then um, I was pretty fast. So I ended up playing soccer and I was pretty good at soccer too. And then uh, I just, I don't remember how it happened, man. I think one day I was like 10 years old, just throwing around the football in the backyard with my dad. And, um, you know, he was, I was getting pretty athletic, started to develop and he was throwing the ball to me. And I was like, man, I think, I think I want to play football. And he was like, okay, well, you know, we got to ask your mom. And so, man, I went to my mom. This is, I was 10 years old. Just imagine this, right? I'm 10 years old. I go to my mom and I say, mom, I want to play football. And she looks me dead in the eye and she goes, football, you're too soft to play football. And I'm like, man, I'm like, uh, we laugh about it now because she told me that she, she said that to me, number one, because obviously she's a mother and concerned about, you know, playing such a dangerous game. So that was the first part. And then also she told me, she told me that she, said I was too soft because she wanted to see how like committed I was and how it would respond. And so I responded with like, no, I'm not, I'm tough. I can play, which ended up like, you know, really cementing how I played. Um, 
And then next year, I missed signups that year for Pop Warner because, you know, she had to have a conversation with my dad and they had to work it out. And then the next year when I was 11, that's when I started playing and instantly just fell in love with the game, man. And my mom's words of, you know, you're too soft to play football stayed in my head. So I thank her for that to that day um, because I just came out the gate just a beast. I just was like, she always told me, you better hit them before they hit you or I'm going to run out on the field. So, you know, uh, yeah, man, to answer That's your question awesome. for sure. So once, you know, you, you saw the dream, you saw the dream of wanting to get that scholarship, how did you figure, I'm going to go about getting it? You know, once you realized, you know, it wasn't just like the storybook, you know, they just come to you type stuff. Right. Um, definitely, well, a couple of things. Of course, hard work. You know, I, I put in the extra hours, and I'm, I was very blessed to have great coaches in high school too, man, who, like, would encourage us to come in and watch extra film and, and come in, at least the guys that they felt like, you know, were the stars of the team and had potential to play at the next level. Um, they definitely encouraged us to put in the extra film, get the extra weights in. You know, I would lift once during PE, during school, and then a couple, me and a couple other guys who all ended up going D1, we would go in, you know, after school um, and get a lift in too. So we were on it pretty early, man. So definitely putting in work. And then I think also just, um, you know, kind of like you were talking about earlier, the recognition of being brought up to varsity freshman year and then getting a significant amount of playing time sophomore year definitely motivated me because I could see it happening. Like I was already getting attention from coaches sophomore year and already, you know, being told I was that guy and I was going to go D1. And so, you know, it helps when you have people around you who are encouraging you. And all I had to do was make sure my grades were on point and just put the work in on the field and in the weight room. So I definitely did that, man, at all times. And when, when you were, when we had this kind of envision, was in your mind, was it D1 or bust? Um, that's a great question. And I've heard you uh, talk about that before. I think you and I actually talked about that on our first call. Other schools weren't even, on my radar, which is funny because I ended up going D1 AA. So I guess to answer your question, yeah, it was D1 or bust. Like when I had this vision of the coach, like I was telling you coming up and shaking my parents' hands and all that, shaking my hand, I always saw like USC or something because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a California guy. So I always wanted to go Pac-12 or it was Pac-10 at the time, but I always wanted to go to one of those schools. And I, I took visits to Arizona State and, you know, uh, Cal and UCLA and all those schools because I wanted to go – I wanted to stay on the West Coast or at least close to it. Um, what ended up happening and, – and funny story, this is a blessing in disguise, again, because um, going into my junior year, I ended up tearing, tearing my MCL or my ACL. And so it definitely set back the recruiting process, right? And I got to learn at an early age that this is a business. This isn't just about, you know, they like me as a person. All those coaches that were coming around to the school and, you know, pulling me out of class to talk to me, all of a sudden when I was on the sideline on crutches, they weren't coming around as much or talking to me. Um, and I wasn't getting those phone calls. And so I, when I did come back, I spent a lot of time just really trying to readjust, you know, to the game and, and kind of get my, my rhythm back. And I was, you know, I had a good senior year, which was good um, because I did get some of that attention back. Um, but the schools that were offering me, at least from a D1 level, I didn't see myself going there. And I took a couple of visits too. And, you know, whether it was the weather or just, you know, this is kind of too far away from mom and dad or whatever, I didn't want to go there. Um, and then last minute, a D1AA program, Stony Brook University, which is out in New York, uh, came to the school and gave me an offer. And 
I took a visit out to New York and just fell in love with the city. They had a train station on campus that would take you directly to the center of Times Square. So I was sold, man. I could, I, I envisioned myself being there. And then also, I was pretty cocky at the time, Jacoby. So it was like, you know, I was this big time recruit at one point early on. And now it's like, okay, well, I can just go here to this smaller D1 program and be a big fish in a small pond. Um, and we can get more into that later if you want, but that didn't, you know, that didn't really play out the way I thought that would either. So, yeah. That definitely felt, it, it was almost like that, it's almost like that, that thing when they, they say, they say that everybody, in, everybody on your team would want to start on their team. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So I got there and it was that factored with the fact that, like I was telling you in high school, I was used to being the man, you know, coaches literally loved me and it gave me nothing but words of encouragement. Even when I messed up, they would just help me get right back up and, you know, tell me how to do it better next time. And then I found myself in an environment where, you know, I wasn't the best guy on the team. I was just another number. And even the coaches who had recruited me were starting to switch up and act different and, you know, screaming in my face. And you know how it goes, man, you've been in those environments. So you mess up and it's not necessarily they're helping you um, get better they're just kind of yelling at you or telling you to get off the field. And honestly, at 18, man, especially coming from the bubble that I lived in of being that guy, I was not equipped to deal with it. So I honestly kind of shut down emotionally, which of course affected my performance. Um, So that just coupled with, I had a few different position coaches. I had three different DB coaches during the time I was there. And of course they bring in all their players. Um, So, you know, I, I I used to be bitter about it, but I got to a point of acceptance where it's like I got my education paid for and I felt like I did everything I could given the circumstances. Um, and it's just the way the game goes. So I didn't have the career I wanted, but of course it, I got a full scholarship and uh, I wouldn't be who I was today, who I am today without that, that experience. So definitely grateful for it all in hindsight, man. And uh, I can, I can relate. I think a lot of others can too, like just the whole thought of having expectations then you get me maybe you get you get there and you're like oh this is what this wasn't everything I thought it was going to be so for sure so, so for you like just like getting there was what was it almost like that was the dream and then the goal was like you know NFL was it still like how, how can I make this dream possible mm, for me it became very clear especially as my career went on you know I was I was one of the special teams guys I did get in you know I was one of the guys who went in when we were up by 30 points so Mm -hmm. it became very clear to me and I had to reach a point of acceptance and had to have a real talk with the man in the mirror like you're not going to the NFL and so like I said I came to this point where I was like just being grateful for the fact that I was there and all the relationships I had built all the you know some of my best friends are still out there in New York um, and around the country, of course, and uh, being grateful for the fact that I had my education paid for. So once I reached that point of peace with where I was um, and got over the embarrassment, I guess you could say, of not, you know, being a starter and not having the great career that I saw for myself, I was actually good. The, the real problem came for me um, after I graduated because you know, after I reached that point of acceptance, it's like, well, I have a bachelor's degree and I'll just be set for life. Like I had never seen anybody in my family or anyone close to me uh, get a scholarship, go to school and then come out the other side of it. So I didn't know what that was supposed to look like. And I just had this picture of in my mind of if you get a degree, you're good. You know what I mean? You come out, you're set, you'll have a job, you'll get started in your career. <laughs> yeah, you know. 
you know? And so I had this picture in my mind that I was going to be like making six figures just because I thought I could take my work ethic and apply that to, you know, the corporate world or whatever that looks like and just be successful. And I was in for a rude awakening, which I know you can relate to also, man. Oh, so, so so kind of going back to like, like your, your background, were you the, the first in your family to go to college or, or no? Absolutely. Yeah. I had a cousin, an older cousin. He's about six years older than me. He got a football scholarship to go to Cal. Um, and he ended up injuring his back to where he couldn't uh, play anymore. He, they honored his scholarship, which is great, of course, but he couldn't play. So, um, and then by the time he was graduating and coming out, I was heading off to college. So we kind of lost touch. So I had never actually seen it. I had never actually seen what it was supposed to look like. Um, and that's why I had those kind of false assumptions of what it would look like. You know, I thought having, um, just having a degree would make you set for life. So definitely, man. I definitely struggled when I came home too, which I know is something you can relate to also in terms of you get somewhere and because you're an athlete, you apply that athletic mindset to it and throw everything you have at it and you want to be the best there. And then you get good at it, but then you get burned out because it's like, what am I really working for? I don't even really want to be here. I don't see myself on this path. And um, that led to a lot of struggles to me during my transition, which is ultimately, you know, ultimately I'm thankful for it because I wouldn't be able to help people through their transitions had I not gone through it myself. So, yeah, I know you can relate to that also. Uh, no, I think I think a lot of athletes can, man. Like, because uh, it, it's it's just it's the reality that we all kind of think you know we go to school, get school paid for, and you know you get a job at a college. That's when you're when you're like the first time to do it, you don't really know what to expect afterwards you think it's just degree gets you paper you know gets you, gets you that that job <laughs> so so for you like just looking back on that whole high school to college journey if you could give any word of advice to an athlete that that was like or, or like your younger self what, what would you say to yourself for high school to college i would definitely say be realistic um which i think is tough for athletes because we all when you get a scholarship you just kind of assume that you're going pro you know there's a lot of hard work involved but I think sometimes it can catch you off guard when you know you actually look at the statistics of the amount of people that make it pro so I would definitely say um, spend as much time as possible once you get to college thinking about what it is that you want to do um, and also leveraging the fact that you are on scholarship and not allowing to leverage you not allowing to the university to leverage you which is a trap that I fell into and I noticed a lot of other athletes falling into um, and even a lot of people that I talk with. So for example, you get to school and you know, you have a certain major in mind that you want to take and then you get there and they tell you, you can't take that major because it interferes with the practice schedule and we're going to put you in an easier major instead. So that's something I would definitely advise to look out for because um, it happens way too often. And there are certain exceptions where you see players who do show up late to class or late to practice because they are in the major they wanted to take. And they stood up for themselves and said, wait, I'm going to be late for class. But at the end of the day, I'm here for my education, too. So I'm going to do this major anyway. And I kind of wish I was one of those guys in hindsight. So I would definitely give that advice. Um, aside from that, another big thing that I would say is even though, you know, 99.9% of your time is going to be spent working out on the road, traveling, you know, uh, watching film, make sure that you make time to actually develop a clear picture for what your life is going to look like after sports um, and start developing relationships with people, whether that's on LinkedIn or in person, just through connections that you know in the area. Um, 
and making sure that you're developing or carving out a path for yourself aside from just having the degree because coming out with a blank resume doesn't do you much good if you don't have an actual plan in place for how you're going to get there and connections who can help you get a foot in the door in whatever field you're looking to get into. Love that. That's a lot of value right there for sure. So, so, so with, with that, what'd you end up studying in, um, in college? So I got a communications degree. I wanted to, um, and this is, this goes back to not really knowing what I wanted to do. Jacoby, honestly, man, I, um, I had this, idea that I wanted to get a business degree because I just wanted to be in business. Had no idea what that looked like. Had no idea what type of business I wanted to get into, you know, who I wanted to work for, if I wanted to start a business for myself, but I knew that I wanted to get a business degree. And based on the classes that I wanted to take, uh, I wasn't able to get that degree because I was told that it interferes with my practice schedule. And so, you know, this was sophomore year after I'd done general ed and all that. And I just, you know, once again, being, I guess, naive or not knowing what was to come ahead, I kind of just allowed them to change my major to something that was more suitable with practice, thinking that ah, everything will be okay anyway. I'll figure it out. So I ended up getting a communications degree. Um, that didn't really do me any good. I came out of college and I wanted to use that communications degree to work in the music industry, um, really because I didn't want a nine to five job. I didn't want to work in an office. So I was like, all right, I'm going to be in the music industry and be like a publicist or something. Um, because at nighttime I was making beats and you know how it is, man, yeah. you come, especially as young, as young black men. And I hate to bring the race into it, but it's true because we only think that we can, you know, sports, do sports, sports or yeah. right. So I'm like, okay, well, football is done for me. Now I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to be a producer. Like, mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that, but I had to come to grips with the fact that it was something that was more of a hobby for me. Um, rather than something that I really wanted to dedicate the rest of my life to and actually struggle and, you know, couch surf and do all that type of stuff to be able to make it happen. So, and then I was kidding myself by working in the music industry because, you know, I, I was like trying to be a publicist, but I really wanted to make music. So I was like, this is kind of pointless. Um, and then eventually with that communications degree, my, my shift just became on getting a job so I could pay the bills so I can have some money so I can get out of my mom and dad's house. Um, and that's really where the struggle began because it's like, okay, no more football. I'm not going to be a producer. Now I have to, you know, get a big boy job, so to speak, but I don't really know what I want to do. I'm just applying to any and everything that I see on Indeed so I can get some money, which you and I both know is the wrong approach. Um, but you and I also yeah. both learned that, you know, the hard way that that's not the way to go about what you want to do so yeah because out there everyone's just uh, like like the sales job saying we want athlete-minded people to come apply for our job I'm like okay i'm an athlete and i'm gonna go apply for the sales job i'm like wait i don't want to do this <laughs> right yeah. man so, so, i remember the first cover sorry go ahead go ahead, no, no, go ahead. Go. i was just gonna say um the first conversation that you and i had i think this was a couple months ago we were talking about that how I don't want to use the word pray. That sounds like almost sounds evil, but these companies do kind of prey on athletes by trying to reel them in with competitive minded. But you were saying on the phone when we, when we were talking about that, it's like, what is your passion, you know, outside of sales? Because that's an easy route to go. Like, yeah, you're thinking you can go in there and make some easy money, but it's like, do you want something easy or do you want something real? That's what you said on the call. And I'll never forget those words you said to me because that's what it comes down to, man. It's like, 
And I even wrote an article about this, and this is something that I always talk about when I'm working with former athletes is, um, you know, it's a great environment to go in and compete, you know, with your coworkers and also competing with yourself, but really stop to think about what are you competing for? And a lot of people will say, well, man, I'm just trying to, you know, get a bunch of commission and make a whole bunch of money. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. But then the question with that becomes, well, what do you want to do with that money? Is it so you can go buy the latest Jordan? So you can get a new car? So you can go out to the club every weekend and, you know, buy bottles and do all that? Or do you have a plan with that money? Um, and is that the best way to be able to get the amount of money that you're aiming for is by signing up for a sales job? Or do you have other talents and skills that you possess or things that you're actually interested in? that you can pursue um even if you don't see the money at first are there other things that you can look into that are going to help you get the money in the long run and help you live a fulfilling life and help you make the type of impact that you want to make so love that yeah man because it's like we we all we all have our own talents right and we just i feel like sometimes when it comes to sports we get so caught up in that identity of being the athlete that we don't venture out to see who is who is todd without without the game who is cool without the game? Who is actually about the game? And then you're like, when, when then once it's gone, you're like, crap. I'm kind of like, <laughs> like, like the earlier, like, you know, it's like, you said it was what it was from ashes, ashes. To, what, what did you say it was? Oh, you said if I had to come up with a book title for my journey, I would say uh, rising from the ashes. Because yeah. I literally felt like life kind of, you know, kind of toasted me a little bit, man. I got burned a little bit and I had to really bounce back. And, and rise up and figure out how I wanted to rise up and what I wanted life to look like. And another thing I always talk about, I probably told you this before, is asking the question of, you know, not not who are you now, but who do you want to become? Because that changes everything. I think I think we all have a tendency, you and I went through it, of being like, man, you're like, no more track. I'm like, no more football. So it's like, who am I now? Like, rather than asking, who do you want to become? And that changes your whole perspective. Because if you can think about who you want to become, like, it allows you to be creative and also get excited about pursuing something that's meaningful to you and not for selfish reasons, but you know, who do you want to become means like, how do you want to be remembered? You know, and how do you, how do you want to make your mark on the world? Like you left your mark um, when you were wearing the Jersey. So yeah, man, this is, this is important stuff. So when you ask yourself, who do you, who do you want to become? What would you say? Yeah. So I want to become, the type of person who I look at it as I've basically gone back in time to be the person that I needed when I was going through my transition, which is why I wake up every day and do what I do. And I know that's the same for you. Like you wouldn't have put all this work in without seeing the reward from it until years later, if you didn't know that you were doing this for something that was bigger than yourself because of the impact you could have. So how I want to be remembered for sure is as someone who um, basically I look at it as shining the light at the end of the tunnel. And someone who was able to uplift people and help people improve their lives. Because I started having a lot of people who came into my life and helped me find my way. And I almost feel like I have a responsibility to pay that forward. Because, like like I said, if I could go back in time and help my younger self, it would have changed everything for me. And it would have saved me so much, you know, suffering, so much trial and error of, like, get this job and then quit and then go to the next job and quit because I wasn't being clear about what I really wanted. So I know that was long winded, man, but that's how I want to be remembered as that person. I'm curious. How many jobs have you, have you had since you graduated? Oh my God, man. Some of them, <laughs> I'm ashamed to say this in terms of like what's actually on my resume, there's four, but I'd say there's probably honestly about six or seven because some of them I knew the first day, 
you know. And I knew the first day I, I would get there and be like, nope, this is not it. I wouldn't even show up the next day. And, you know, I'm not proud of it, but it's like, that's what it, that's what I was saying just a minute ago about not being clear. It's because I was, you know how it is, you're, you're at a job and you're just so desperate to get out of there that you'll just take anything because it's different. And it's not necessarily leading you anywhere, but to a different job. And the new job you get, you're going to get burned out at that too. So I had about total six. Um, I know you had a lot too. You were telling me you had quite a bit. How many did you have? I'm pretty sure I'm at six or seven too. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm glad I'm not alone, man. Yeah, man. It, it was almost like, almost like an internship for me. But I'm you to kind of figure that, you know, yep. I, I, I won't be there long. At least I can get there and learn enough, you know, to step yes, for the next venture or whatever I want to build it to be. So Glad you're glad you kind of figured out who you wanted to be. You, you're getting these jobs. You're learning some stuff. You're you're saying I'm getting closer to who the guy I want to be. To my, the, I can kind of help give back. How how close are you now to being that guy, or are you that guy now? Man, I'm there. I'm there, and it feels good to say that because, um, like, I wasn't as intentional as you were about it. You were actually going through it with the mindset of this is an internship. This is going to help me get experience. Mine was more so by accident because after I left sales, I'm like, I do not want to do sales, at least in this form. So I'm like, well, I want to work with people. So I got into recruiting and, you know, recruiting still is, you know, sales in a sense, but you get to work with people almost like selling people. Um, so that was, that was kind of cool. And then every job that I had after that was geared towards working with people. So I had this theme going through, like I would quit a job and go to the next one. And even though it wasn't a good fit and I would ultimately end up quitting that job, each job I had after the next was getting closer and closer to working with people. So I went from recruiting to working in um, placement or career services at the Art Institute um, in Hollywood. And I was helping basically creative students land jobs in L.A. Um, so that was a fun job because, you know, I got to work with younger folks, creative folks. And then after that, I got a, a job offer out of nowhere because I was performing so well. Um, at the Art Institute, I got a job offer from San Diego County and I ended up moving down there and I was working with them, helping low income families find jobs and find housing. I was doing workshops, you know, on resumes and all that. And one thing I would always talk about, just like I'm talking about now is figuring out like, you know, obviously these low income families, they need to be able to provide for their families and put food on the table, but also think about what kind of career you want to pursue long term. Um, and so that was a great experience for me as well. But, um, but yeah, man, I definitely feel like it was all leading me to this point because keeping in the back of my mind, that ongoing theme of, I want to work with people. I want to help people. It ultimately led me to being like, well, who better to help than the person that I was just a few years ago, now that I've reached a certain level of success, because what ended up happening to me, happening to me is I kept following that path of helping people. And that led to success, like promotions. Um, you know, higher income, getting raises. And I was doing pretty well from the outside looking in, even though I wasn't 100% fulfilled by my job. And so a lot of my former teammates and even guys that I grew up with playing ball with, they were coming to me and asking me for like direction. Like, how was I doing what I was doing after football? And so I started working with these guys and helping these guys. And then that was, that's when the light bulb went off. I was like, oh, this is what, this is what I'm really supposed to be doing. So for sure, man, I feel like I'm there. And, um, especially being on the phone with you, like you, the fact that you and I connected a while ago is even more confirmation that I'm there. We're both there, man. We found our way. 
Definitely. I, I think it just, it's, 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 I look at it just like a journey and it's, you know, it's almost like how you go through little league, the, the junior high, the high school, the college, it's just like, you got, it's almost like that progression of the, of your, of your game just through each phase. Exactly. Exactly. And the exciting part, Jacoby, is that we're just getting started, man. Like, yeah. I know, like you've been at this a couple of years, you've been at this a little bit longer than me, but we're at a point where it's like, this is, you know, we found our way and we've become the person that we want to be and we're becoming that person every day. But now that we have such a clear vision for who we're helping, why we're doing it and what that means for us and, and what we need to do to make that happen. It's exciting to look five, 10, 15, 20 years down the road at what this could turn into, especially as, you know, the conversation around life after sports starts to open up and all these people are starting to, you know, stand up and say, you know, I want to help these athletes too. It becomes great because we're early to the game. And as time goes on, we'll be able to help so many people, um, you know, cause it takes a village. And I know I've said this plenty of times, but I'm really excited that me and you connected, man. Cause I think that what you're doing is awesome with nine point, obviously just showcasing the stories. And I feel like we'll be able to do a lot of great things together, man. Hey man, likewise, I appreciate it. So, so, so I think, I think, there's not enough resources yet to help athletes for the life after. And, right, and I, I agree. Think, and I think what you're doing is, is really helping push that envelope to to make more of an emphasis to say you're more than just that sales job. You're more, you're more, you're more than just a competitive mindset. You know, so so for anyone listening right now that's an athlete, you know, that that may be kind of having that that limbo lost of like, okay, crap, what is my career? What is the transition for me? What would you say to them or, or, or what would you say for them that they want to kind of get your help or where to start? Um, well, for my help, I would definitely, and this is, I have a full process that I go through and it takes a few weeks because I can't just talk to somebody and be like, oh, you should do this. It takes time. And more importantly, it takes someone discovering for themselves. So I can guide someone. I'm not saying you know, hey, you should go and do this because you have X, Y, Z skills. It's really like we work together. We spend time. I find out more about you. I find out more about what's important to you. Um, get clear on what the vision is for the future. And then from there, discovering for yourself what that looks like. And then, you know, if I can't help you myself, connecting with people who can and getting, getting you a foot in the door or finding other people who are doing what you already want to do, usually former athletes so they can act as mentors. But the most important thing, I think this can't be, stress enough is to take your eyes off of the money for a second. And I know it's really cliche to talk about passion and talk about, um, you know, what would you do if money was of no object? Because at the end of the day, we all need money to survive. So, but it's really coming up with a long-term plan. So if you have to take a job to get your bills paid for right now, that's perfectly fine, but don't just get stuck there, you know, keep your eyes up and start and really think about what your future looks like. And it's like everybody I talk to, um, and this was probably my case when I was, you know, just coming out of college too. You ask somebody, where do you want to be in five years, 10 years? What do you see for your future? People don't know because they don't spend time thinking about it. And it's tough to do when your life is consumed by sports. But, you know, especially now that, especially when you're at a stage where you're removed from the sport, all you have is time. You know what I mean? If you're looking for a job or you just started a job and you're not happy there, all you have is time to sit and really think about what it is that you want to do. And a lot of people will downplay themselves. They'll be like, well, I want to do this, but I don't have the skills for it. Well, why not develop the skills? If that's something that you really want to do, spend time investing in yourself to develop those skills to get it done. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. No, no, <laughs> no, no, I does not because it's, it's 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 a so I guess basically what you're saying is it's a process. It's not. It it isn't like it isn't like you know you just take a magic pill you know and then you're like you're, you're, you're who you need to be you gotta really put in the work and start testing these different muscles and kind of figure out what makes you click. Absolutely, yeah. I think it takes a lot of time, and that's kind of part of the reason why I like working one on one. I I do have plans to eventually scale and, and bring an online component to what I'm doing and hire other um, transition coaches, but um, you know I don't really. I think there are a lot of people who are going to speak to schools and, and I think that work is so important and so necessary. And I think that also more needs to be done with people who are removed, uh, athletes who are removed from the system, because it's one thing. And you and I were talking about this on our first call, because we both had people come to our school and get up in front of the room and say, Hey, this, you need to start thinking about life after sports. This is what you need to do that, you know, I'm going to talk to you about finances. I'm going to talk to you about develop, like identifying skills outside of sports. And that work is so important. And it was important when you and I were sitting and listening to someone talk. Um, it's almost just like because you're living in that bubble, it's the kind of thing where it doesn't get real until it gets real and you're actually out in the real world. And yeah, I, I personally believe, exactly, because you and I were those guys who didn't really listen. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I hear you, but I have practice in 45 minutes. You know, I got film. I'm trying to figure out how I can go get some chicken strips from the cafeteria or something before practice. So, exactly. um that's why I just kind of feel like my focus right now is working on players who are already removed from the NCAA or removed from, you know, whatever professional team they had a career with because that's when they need help the most. Like they need someone to be there, be like, okay, now that you're officially done and you're thinking about how you're going to move forward, what kind of job you're going to get, let's actually figure out or help you come up with the plan um, that is going to help get you there and do so in a way that, it's true to you, not just this is where you're going. These are these are what jobs I have available for you. Which one do you want? It's like, let's figure it out. You know what I mean? Together. And that's ultimately what's going to bring the financial rewards anyway. Because you can't be good at, you know this, just like sports. You can't do, you can't be great at anything that you're doing as a means to an end, as opposed to something that actually lights you up when you're doing it, you know? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you'll, you'll, you'll lose that, that challenge or you'll, you'll lose that motivation then you're just like uh, going, going through the motions yes sir going through the most man that's it that's the same reason you and i would get somewhere and more so me because you were doing it with the intention of getting experience i was doing it like okay i'm just running from the last job now i'm in this job now i'm good at it six months in and now i'm burned out and i don't want to do it anymore because you know it's not meaningful to me so now i'm just going through the motions like you said oh man and that's not a good place to be I do it so much now. I think about it like it's like workout stuff. Like, like recently, I was doing the CrossFit Games Open stuff, and for, for like last five weeks, I was like, "Yeah, I'm in it. I was going for it." Now, now it's over. I'm like, uh, "That was cool. What's the next challenge?" You know? Right. And, and I feel like as athletes, we get so caught up in what's the next challenge? What can I learn? What can I get good at? And once you get out, you're like, "Well, that was cool. What, what's the next thing we do?" Exactly. And that's, and that's a great, I mean, that definitely serves us. It served us on the field or, you know, on the track or on the court, it served us then. And it also serves us now. It's just that when you don't have clarity about where you're going. So like for you, for example, with the CrossFit games, it's like, you're thinking what's next. And that's great because you already handled that challenge. Um, But in terms of your life's purpose, you're already on that purpose. So what that does, instead of being like, okay, what's next? 
you know, you're able to be like, what's next with clarity? Like what's next towards my end goal, which is serving athletes, which is everything you're doing with nine point. You're able to say what's next with nine point, you know, what's next with Jacoby and, and this mission that I'm on, not like what's next, you know, this job sucks. What's next with that. And that's an important distinction because like, I'm a firm believer that if you put a blueprint, like a playbook, so to speak, in front of any athlete and say, Hey, this is, this is what you're supposed to do. Like we're unstoppable, you know, no matter what the, the end goal is, we're going to reach it. And it's just a matter of having clarity around what that playbook is for you. What's your blueprint going to be? And nobody else can create that, but you. So, mm, um, yes, yeah, sir. Think of some fire right now, man. <laughs> man, I, I feel like every time you and I talk, you just get me fired up, man. You gotta, you gotta tell me to, you're like, Taj, you're talking too much, man. <laughs> no, no, this is good because I think it's this conversation that, that it needed more. You know, it's, it's one of those conversations that, that should be an open more because it's, everyone's going through it. Whether, whether it doesn't matter if you were D1, D2, NAIA, D3, JUCO, you're, you're going through the process because you were so wrapped up in your identity of the athlete, even pro guys, you know, it's like, so I think what you're doing is really going to really impact so many athletes once, once you keep developing, once you keep growing this thing, because it's needed so much. So props to you for what you're doing. Thank you, Jacoby. I appreciate that, man. And, you know, goes without saying props to you too. I, you know, that's why I reached out to you. I heard the podcast. I saw what you were doing. And I'm like, man, I got to get in touch with this guy. And then once we had that conversation, I was like, this is going to be a lifelong uh, friendship and partner, you know, partnership and friendship. Is- hey, I'm manifesting it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, man. I'm manifesting it with you, man, for sure. So, so two more questions for you, man. So, so what's next? Sure. So, so what's next as you, you got this game plan? So what's the next big push for you? Man, the next big push for me is, like I said, bringing on, um, bringing on more people who can assist with what I'm doing, um, who can actually, who are actually passionate about working with athletes. Because obviously, I can't do it all myself, and there is a lot of I do some group stuff, but there's a lot of one-on-one, just because I think that's important to be able to really tap into someone's individual story and guide them, you know, individually with what they want, not delivering it to it um, to a group. Um, because I feel like I want to get as deep as possible with one person's individual story, and that's the best way I can help them. So what's next for me is, you know, bringing on uh, a team, bringing on some additional team members, people who can deliver the curriculum in the way that um, that I feel like is best delivered, um, bringing on an online component while also not losing the personal touch. So I would never want to have someone, you know, have an app or log into some curriculum and go through it on their own time, but have no one to actually talk to and not have the curriculum tailored to their individual journey. So I got some things in the works right now that is going to uh, make sure I can bridge that gap with, you know, scaling, bringing on the online component to where people can access at any time while also being able to check in with someone one-on-one so they get that personal touch. So that's just next for me, man. Other than that, just continuing to uh, make sure I'm the best version of myself that I can be continuing to grow and expand so that I can keep, Helping as many athletes as possible, man. Changing the game. After create athletes, man. Yes, sir. That's what we're both doing. Yeah, definitely. So one last question for you is right now, where are you at? Social media, website, anything we can kind of plug right now? Man, I'm most active on LinkedIn. So just Taj Deshaun on LinkedIn because that's where the majority of people reach out to me because, I mean, those are the ideal people that I'm looking for. And anybody who's not on LinkedIn right now, if you're a former athlete looking to get into the job market for a first time, or you're still playing, definitely get on LinkedIn because 
it's it's becoming more of a a big network and um there's a lot of opportunities on there for both you know getting a job going into business so Todd Deshaun on LinkedIn um that's where a lot of the people I work with come from or I post a lot of content on there um you can reach out to me directly Taj at tajdeshaun.com uh my website obviously is tajdeshaun.com there's uh, a place on there under get coaching to where you can schedule a call with me it's a free call so we get on the phone and just you know, I'm trying to figure out how I can help you. And if I can't, who I can connect you with in my network that can help you get where you want to go. Um, so yeah, man, that's pretty much where I'm at. Yo, Todd, man, I appreciate you, dude. I appreciate what you're, what you're all about. And God, I don't know, like this conversation was just so chill. Just, I don't know. It just flowed right through. So I think you're doing the big things. Thank you, Jacoby. Same to you, man. I appreciate everything that you're doing uh, with Nine Point. Obviously, I think it's, it's already huge and it's going to continue to grow and you're having an impact on so many athletes. So I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to jump on here and chop it up with you, man. I'm, hey, man. I'm looking forward to building with you. It, it takes all of us, you know, take the village. So yes, not sir. just me, all of us come together just to make this change, change the landscape for athletes. So all of us. Yes, sir. 100%. All right, man. Well, enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy, enjoy the Cali weather and we'll be in touch soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started With A Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete-driven content at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace.